Welcome back to podcast Found in Estonia. My name is Tina and I'm here talking with different foreigners who have made Estonia their home. And today is a special episode, special day, because it's our 50th episode. And so it's only appropriate to celebrate it with something special, someone special. And I'm so glad to say that this podcast episode is made in collaboration with Work in Estonia and the International House of Estonia. And my guest today is the head of the organization called International House of Estonia, which belongs under the organization Work in Estonia. And if it sounds a bit confusing, then we'll let Leonardo explain it all better. And um, what else you should know about today's episode is that it's a two-part episode. First, we talk in English with Leonardo, and then we talk in Estonian because Leonardo can't speak Estonian. And uh, I definitely recommend listening both of those episodes. And it's also a really nice way to practice your Estonian if you're studying it. And for Estonian, it's so um, remarkable to see how well uh, he's uh, speaking Estonian. So with that all said, Leonardo comes from Mexico. He's been living in Estonia for 10 years. Hear all about what made him stay here and how did he become the head of International House of Estonia. So, hello, Leonardo. Yeah, hello, Tina. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad to have you here. And I'm wondering uh, and would like to know what brought you to Estonia. Do you remember the first time you ever heard about Estonia? Uh, yes, actually. And uh, it was when I was, uh, I don't know, in primary school in Mexico. I remember the Estonia, Letonia, Lithuania. That's how you say it in, in, in Spanish. So mm -hmm. that always stick to my head. They were kind of the one of the three European countries that I always knew by heart because they rhyme in Spanish. So I, that, but that was about it. I knew the, the, the country and the capital, and it was not until, uh, 2010, I think when I first came to Europe on a kind of Erasmus thing, because coming from Mexico, it's not, it's not, uh, Erasmus technically, mm -hmm. but I came to a year abroad uh, in Czech Republic and I was more keen on learning about Central Eastern Europe. Uh, and that's when I kind of uh, met and also my first Estonian friends, let's say. Okay. How common is it for Mexicans to study abroad actually? Uh, well, it's, um, I would say uh, in some of, uh, so we have this system where it's private and, and, and public universities and then, uh, or the ones that go to private, uh, then there are several collaborations and, uh, and then I would, wouldn't say it's uh, uncommon. But, uh, yeah, it's not like everybody, everybody does it. It's also quite uh, expensive and that's why, that's why I chose a Czech Republic because, uh, I wanted to go to France and actually learning French and I don't know, kind of a cliche thing, but, uh, Czech Republic was, uh, a, a, a more affordable option and it was mm -hmm. good on international relations, which is the thing that I studied. And that's why I decided to, to go there. Uh, but also because uh, I like languages in general, and as you mentioned, and, and I. I started to, to learn uh, Czech while I was there. And I thought if I'm going to a new place, then it better be a place where I understand nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how I ended up there. And then maybe also a bit of how I ended up here. Mm -hmm. Did you learn Czech when you were living in Czech? Yes. So, uh, I had a year, uh, abroad and then, uh, there was kind of a stipend that I got for studying, uh, summer, uh, before. 
I started my studies uh, only to study Czech language. So that's how I uh, started. And then, well, while I was uh, living there, I guess I arrived to maybe A2 level. So I could get by in restaurants and parties and ordering beer and whatnot. But uh, and probably it's gone by now. I only know how to say beer and you want to dance. <laughs> <laughs> Useful still. Yeah, yes, still. <laughs> Yeah. And now you live in Estonia. So how did uh, that happen? How did that happen? So I uh, kind of I always say joke that I have uh, two versions of the story, the short one and the long one. The long <laughs> one is that uh, by studying there, then I wanted to uh, become an expert in Central East Europe, which we don't have many of them in Mexico, that's for sure. And <laughs> that would have been a thing. And then after my year for us there, uh, I wanted to uh, learn more. I had some Estonian friends and then that's why I decided to move over to Estonia to study uh, in Tartu University, and that was uh, in 2012 uh, when I came and signed up to a master's degree on uh, European Union and Russian studies uh, at the Skute Institute, which is now Tartu University. Your mm-hmm. question is, is that during my learning uh, Czech language, I met an Estonian girl uh, <laughs> to whom I am married now. So, so uh, those two combine uh, definitely play the role in wow. me being now in Estonia. That's so amazing to hear. So comparing those two really hard languages, Czech language and Estonian language, which would you say was easier to learn? Um, I don't know. They 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 were both pretty challenging, um, but. Uh, I think in, in, well, I'm not sure if many people know about it, Estonian and Spanish, and maybe somebody else has mentioned it before in your podcast is that, uh, it's very uh, similar in the way you pronounce it. So however it's written, then basically it's however it's pronounced. And in Spanish, we have, uh, usually accents in different parts of the world, but in Estonian, it's very easy because you always have the accent in the first syllable of the word. Yeah. So, you know, I could read almost perfect Estonian, except for this. Uh, weird vowels that you have, <laughs> but, uh, I could always, uh, read. So that was, uh, easy. And then, uh, uh I had a huge motivation <laughs> to learn here. So, so, um, it's hard to say, but Estonian is pretty, pretty challenging, uh, although easy to pronounce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you said that you wanted to become an expert in central Eastern Europe. Where is that uh, interest coming from? Is it something from your childhood that you, uh, that sparked that or? I think it has to do with the fact that it's, uh, unknown in that part of, uh, of the world, meaning Mexico. Uh, I mean, uh, when you hear Europe, you should hear, uh, the UK or uh, France or Spain and those other places or Italy where people go. But, uh, after that, then, then I don't know what people have in their, in their minds. Uh, when I was in Czech Republic, uh, a lot of my family were saying like, oh, like how is it doing in Chechnya or I don't know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> so, uh, when I was coming to Estonia, they were also like, oh, what is that happening in Letonia and stuff. So there's, there's, there's kind of a big room for, uh, teaching others mm-hmm. about this part of the world. And well, of course, also coming here, living here and living after you know, 10 years, seeing how it develops and. Then you also get like a certain different way of, uh, understanding that, you know, uh, central Eastern Europe, uh, Scandinavia, Northern Europe, it's all they can also like 
very different and each of them has their nuances uh, in some ways uh, one belongs to the other and so on so like um, yeah and the unknown and the fact that nobody back home knew that's kind of what drove me also to to come here mm -hmm. and hear more about it yeah uh, definitely as me as an Estonian living here I I grew up with knowing that our neighboring countries are different from us and all the nuances but for you uh, moving to Estonia after living in Czech Republic and after uh, growing up in Mexico how different is it living in Estonia what are the differences and similarities for you or what have the what have you noticed yeah well there's uh, uh, many of them right <laughs> uh, like like day and, and night in, in some uh, in some ways so starting so the weather like you know we, we have no uh, uh, seasons in Mexico you could say you know it's just uh, summer even in during winter like uh, we have 24 25 degrees during the day but uh, in my city Mexico is also very big it's more Estonia is uh, quite compact and here in Estonia you have the, the weather so I remember when I first came here uh, I was just during my first winter putting one jacket over the next one until I realized that, I don't know, four or five layers of clothes was probably not the way to go. <laughs> and I had to get a proper winter jacket. So uh, uh, those things, uh, people uh, here, they are more shy, uh, which is probably also like uh, one of the things that has been mentioned. And uh, and the personal space is quite big in Mexico. It's uh, very small or completely <laughs> unexistent, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. This, uh, this closeness to people, the fact that you, you know, uh, talking lines, that's one of the things that I really missed. And, uh, you know, in Mexico, you have lines for everything, first of all, and you have no lines. But if you might have a line, then in Mexico, it's very normal to, you know, hey, like, you know, start with the weather, like, it's very hot, right? Yeah, okay. So what are you doing here now? Waiting in the bank, and, you know, my niece sent me some money. All right. But uh, here is, like, when you start a mini conversation in, in a bank line, then they'll start, like, thinking about what this guy wants. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the first one I hear about that, but it's true. Usually when you wait in a line in Estonia, you don't uh, you don't really talk with others. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's when you have really nothing to do there. So <laughs> I know probably also before when I was in Mexico, so 10 years before the smartphone was uh, maybe not as <laughs> as usable, let's say, as now mm. I do everything or all the time uh, talking to somebody else uh, over the phone. but. But yeah, in, in talking in lines, weird thing to miss, but uh, do, uh, the food as well, uh, mm -hmm. it's quite uh, different and miss uh, the, the Mexican uh, food a lot. We sometimes get together and we have participated even in the Italian Music Week Festival by organizing this sort of uh, home restaurant. Oh. Uh, so, uh, so that's also kind of a good excuse to make it <laughs> and share it with somebody else. Mm -hmm. kind of, Sounds uh, good. Many, many things. Public transport. <laughs> I have <laughs> used public transport in in, in Latin America, but uh, when people complain about it here, and I said mm -hmm. it's one of the things I most like about it, because imagine that uh, in Mexico you have no schedule for the buses. So you go there, you stand up in, in the bus stop. The bus might come at 9 or maybe like 9, 10, maybe a mm -hmm. bit later. And if it comes, it might stop. It might not stop because I don't know, he's in a hurry or he doesn't care or uh, might stop somewhere next in the, not, not where the bus stop is. <laughs> oh my God, so, I cannot uh, imagine it, that. <laughs> yeah, you sometimes, I mean, it happened many times that you 
you leave exactly at the same time, mm -hmm. but you arrive with half an hour difference wow. because of traffic, because of the bus, because of uh, whatnot. And then inside the bus, because there's a lot of people, that's our sauna. It's very in a bus pool for crowded people. And yeah. How did you get used to the, our sauna tradition? <laughs> And it started with kind of a shock. Uh, that's, uh, it's related to one of the differences. Mexico, it's a country where I'd say, uh, well, I haven't looked at the latest statistics, but, uh, definitely, I guess around, uh, over 85% are Catholic. So also like, uh, this, uh, seeing each other naked, uh, all the time, like, uh, it's very, I don't know, uh, seeing the weirdly and then. When I came here, uh, but when used to this, uh, going to sauna and then, uh, and I think it was, uh, uh, with, for example, my girlfriend family, now, right. That, uh, we go and then everybody takes the clothes up. I'm like, okay, so we have to take <laughs> clothes up and then we start talking there and so it's like, and the same happening at work. Uh, when I had a work, uh, my first uh, job, then, uh, <laughs> with people during the office and it's okay, let's go to sauna. And it's like, okay, I haven't talked to you. You usually only reply, uh, Today and that's it. <laughs> but now you're in sauna and you want to talk a lot to me. So that was, <laughs> that was quite fun, but I like it. I, I, I don't have one in my house now, but I would like to get one and mm -hmm. I do it uh, whenever I have a chance. I mean, for the weather in Estonia, it's, it's a pretty cool thing uh, mm -hmm. to do. <laughs> yeah. Especially now when there's uh, snow outside and it's really cold. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I bought really bit. With some Mexicans in this uh, sauna marathon, oh, two or three three times, yeah. Somebody actually called me like few uh, weeks ago. I said, "Hey, you know that you're in the TV?" And like, what? And then <laughs> there was like a reportage done. Like it was like four years ago, I think. You know, oh. So how does the sauna marathon go? Do you have to stay the longest inside, or you have to visit the most amount of different saunas? Yeah, it's uh, the most amount of saunas, like uh, you have a team, so uh, your whole team, the most amount of saunas and the more people who go in like, like uh, kind of this, uh, lakes or the uh, uh, would as you call it, like freezing holes or oh, water, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice so, holes. <laughs> you get extra points for, for, for that. And then oh. you are in the car and then you go to one place and it's all around Otepa. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, you visit as many as you can. We have, of course, never won, <laughs> but, uh, but we have had a, a good time. Well, did you want to swim in the ice school as well? Yes, definitely. To get definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember like, uh, it was hard, but you know, kind of, uh, I guess I am uh, very adaptable or at least I like to think that, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and then, uh, when I've been already for, for two years, then some new Mexicans, let's say came here, uh, only for a short stay, maybe three, four months. Mm -hmm. Then when they were about to leave, it was a winter time. And then I, uh, we were walking in Daftu, I was living in Daftu back then. And they mentioned that, uh, you know, I never walked in the ice before. Like, and I said, what? Yeah. I've never walked in the frozen lake. I mean, that's kind of one of the things that you get to do in Estonia that you cannot do in Mexico. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I took, uh, it was two guys took them to the, uh, to the ice and then they were like really scared of it. Oh, is it going to break? But of course, I don't know. It was like minus 15 and, uh, been like that for a while. So <laughs> that was the cool thing I showed them. And then uh, it occurred to us, okay, let's uh, go also into, there was like a hole that someone properly made it. 
okay, let's uh, go get our swimming suits and come back and, and just get inside, take a picture. <laughs> and uh, I hung with it that, but we kind of didn't realize that <laughs> after coming back uh, out, of, out of the water, so freezing cold that uh, we didn't have like a sauna or a quarter so oh, we no. had to walk uh, towards the, the place. And I think we spent the, the rest of the afternoon inside the, the bathroom where there is like the uh, heated floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, we have the picture and, uh, and it was a great thing to, to do. Mm-hmm, at least a fun memory <laughs> of yeah. freezing. Not sure if they would do it again if they have such a freezing experience, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they did it once. That yeah. was that was the premise of it. That's really that's really funny. Um, you mentioned that you uh, had the sauna experiences with uh, colleagues as well and in the work environment. How has been finding work in Estonia and how did you end up in working in, in the International House of Estonia? Well, I've had, I guess, the most luck uh, in general. So after I graduated uh, in 2014, I think, um, I had a couple of internships. And actually, while I was doing an internship uh, in a place called uh, Institute of Baltic Studies, uh, in fact, it was uh, a good think tank. Mm-hmm. And, uh, while uh, doing my internship, then I think my, it was the, the, my, my girlfriend called and at the time my girlfriend, and then she spoke to me in Estonian, I answered to Estonian and then my boss just kind of, you know, came on top of me and it's like, are you speaking Estonian? <laughs> and I said, like, oh, yes. And like, oh, I didn't know. And then he started giving me a bit more like tasks uh-huh. and, uh, so that transformed into a job. So that was kind of my uh-huh. first, uh, official job. But after that, I, I finished school, I studied that job, uh, but then, um, uh, there were not many projects. So I moved to a different company called Playtech. So, uh, from kind of a third sector, uh, I went to the private sector Then I stayed there for two years as a technical account manager. And, um, their problem mostly was like, because of the English language, I guess, but yeah, my studying was not as good to kind of have full time. And a job in, in Estonia, but during the years, so by then I'd be ready four or five years living in Estonia. And then I decided that I wanted to do something more related to my area, which is this international relations, uh, public sector, government affairs. And just by literally browsing, uh, job up, uh, offers, uh, in the, one of the job portals here in Estonia, that's how I came across the working Estonia. And I said, holy, you know, these guys are introducing, you know, working in Estonia to foreigners, what, yeah. you know, which better person do it than a foreigner living and working in Estonia, you know, and I uh-huh. think that's what I put in the application and definitely one of the things that they later mentioned to me that like, Hey, uh, you should, uh, it's good that you mentioned it because, uh, it's good. Like, you know, it sells that not the Estonian, the local ones I said, Hey, this is a very good place, but like, you know, if a guy from Mexico gave up the sun to, to come here and work, then maybe <laughs> it is <laughs> good promotion as well. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I started in the work in Estonia team, um, which yeah, as you mentioned, sounds complicated, but basically it's the work in Estonia team, uh, and, uh, it was a one person team by then. Mm-hmm. And, um, now we have grown uh, to around uh, eight or nine people in the team and, uh, we created the International House of Estonia in cooperation with different partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that's now where the place that I'm heading. So this uh, kind of 
small uh, office, uh, one-stop shop <laughs> center or internationals, where we try to help them into kind of giving them a very uh, easy uh, and uh, friendly um, kind of adapting to, to their new life uh, in Estonia. Mm. So if uh, someone would move to Estonia, in what time should they come and search you? Should it be like in the beginning or if you have settled in a bit or uh, uh, when is the most common time to come and reach your uh, the yeah. international hubs of Estonia? The most useful would be even, uh, yeah, like just kind of even a bit before like uh, moving in here or if there. Usually the people uh, do the following, uh, when they have decided and they have a job offer, so they're going to come mm-hmm. to Estonia. Then you have some questions with the procedures, uh, documents, uh, residence, various pieces and whatnot. So kind of the first thing that you all, uh, would like to do is, uh, have an appointment with the police and border guard, which you can do through our website, the International House of Estonia and, uh, book it online and you can do it, you know, from whatever place in the world you are. And then you get your questions sorted out. With that in mind, then you should be able to come to Estonia. Uh, once you're here, then, uh, you know, the sooner the better, because, uh, then, you know, you don't have to wander around asking like, I don't know, friends or try to figure out yourself, but you know, you are comfortable, then you can come, uh, we'll help you in English or in Spanish, or we have a guy <laughs> from Turkey and Turkish and, uh, you know, uh, some other languages. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, asking like. Any questions you have, I know where do I put my kids? Uh, how do I register my address? You can actually register your address here. Uh, where can be my taxes? Uh, what happens if I lose the job? Uh, so on and so forth. So like mm-hmm. any kind of questions. Uh, and depending on that, then you might need a special kind of appointment that you can also have in our place. And uh, most of the services we have them online or you know physically. Uh, and uh, that's it. Like um, after that, uh, you get your first question solved. Then usually it takes a while for you actually to leave, uh, leave in, and later on, uh, you might already have some time to, you know, when you have sorted out your living place, uh, your documents and so on and so forth, then you might want to know later on about uh, other interesting topics for you. For example, I don't know how to be a volunteer in Estonia or how to start a, a business or maybe your wife is joining. And so uh, what will your wife will do? Maybe she's looking for a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have like group counseling, so we have individual counselings from uh, uh, different and organizations from the public sector. So um, that's that's what you would like to do, you know, and just so to make the life easier and uh, compared to, I mean, you have lived abroad, I live abroad, and mm-hmm. uh, not always like the the country or the city offers these facilities. And when it's offered, then it's really simple. I would have loved to have this sort of thing when I came in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Then, then yeah, so we have, uh, our third year is, uh, running. So mm-hmm. after 18, we started and, uh, and yeah, we hope, uh, it goes like better because more and more internationals are coming here and more and more questions, but mm-hmm. also, uh, kind of better services, uh, from the state is kind of our interest and, you know, and I, I always have the double interest, right? It's good for, for Estonia, but it's also good for me as a foreigner. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you gain both yes. sides. <laughs> yeah. It all sounds so valuable and so, uh, yeah, so, so valuable. So I know that a lot of uh, our listeners are people who are either 
foreigners who live in Estonia or who want to move to Estonia. So if they want to contact you, are those services that you mentioned, are those for free or do you have to pay for them or how does that go? Yeah, so all of our services are uh, free of charge. Uh, or can uh, always uh, book an appointment or, or answer questions uh, through our website. So it's uh, workinestonia.com slash international house. But uh, if you scroll it, it will come up. Uh, we have an email, uh, info at workinestonia.com. But also uh, we have a phone number. Um, you can find us on Facebook. So what kind of uh, different channels and uh, any kind of questions, like if we don't have it, then uh, we will find out. And that's yeah. the idea, like uh, kind of we have the context of uh, people, we speak Estonian. So if you also don't, then that's a huge help. All of our counselors speak uh, also English. So that's uh, sometimes when you go to, you know, the local uh, government branch, they might not speak uh, English or, or might not know about the specifics of like an international here. So that's the idea that we gather all that knowledge inside here and then we know like you know, what might be the specific situation to, to you as a, as a partner. And mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's the idea, but, uh, all of the services are, are, are free of charge and usually you just need to, to register and, and give some information mm -hmm. about that. And you also have a physical uh, location, which is in Tallinn, right? So yes. if anyone is moving to Kurasara, for example, or Tartu or Pärnu, do they still get information from you or should they look for some city based, uh, some, something else? Yeah, well, uh, it's into the International House of uh, Estonia, so we uh, try to do it for everyone. And uh, of course, 90%, I would say, like of the people that come here or through here are uh, going to se settle in uh, in, in Tallinn. But uh, you can definitely also get information if you're from somewhere else. And again, like uh, if you have no, you know, and you don't know where the courts are, uh, government offices, mm -hmm. uh, and you will need to get in touch with them. So. You can through us get the information, you know, to, to see if there is someone there and maybe like we'll help you find out uh, if there's somebody else uh, there that speaks English and can assist you with whatever mm -hmm. thing you, you might need. But uh, everybody can come, uh, whether you're working here, looking for a job or uh, studying here as an international. Um, so uh, everybody, everybody's welcome. Mm, that's so, so convenient. And if, uh... Is it only for foreigners to contact themselves or if they come to work for an Estonian company, should they do you give also information to the Estonian company about things they should know when hiring somebody from abroad? Yeah. So it's a uh, kind of uh, both ways. Uh, so we can bring up two sort of clients. Uh, one of them is the foreigner, as I mentioned before, so services, but also the companies there. So um, usually small, medium-sized companies are the ones that maybe need a bit more help. Uh, on the foreign recruitment, whether it is like, you know, how to start to do it or once they hire, just like, you know, this guy is asking about so many things, like where to learn the language, where to put kids and, you know, we don't know, and no worries. That's what we are here. So, so also all the companies uh, will try this year as well to kind of get more actively communicating to them, uh, about the different services they could use. So, so the company saves resources itself. And, you know, uh, and we take uh, that part of, of the soft landing mm -hmm. and adapting. And, uh, yeah, I forgot to mention that we are in the, um, city. So, uh, it's Valokoya 8, the address, and it's very close to the airport or also a few time stops from the bus station or our city center. So, uh, it should be like easy, easy to find us. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned some of the topics and some of the things that people turn to you. Are there uh, some that are like top questions that stand out to you? Uh, well, definitely. I mean, uh, if you look at our services, then, then over half of them are with the police and border, which is the, how to get the residence permit and how to get the visa, right? Like the uh, correct documents. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, after that, uh, definitely Estonian language is one of the things that uh, people are more interested, like how to do it, how to learn it, where to practice. And uh, just to make a small ad, like we have in our house every Thursday at 5.30, uh, the Estonian language cafe. So whatever your uh, language um, level is, you can always come and practice it here and in front of Many times you go to the lessons, but you don't get to actually practice or just talk about it. So, uh, last week we had, I think over 10 people like, uh, come in here. It was just like so fun. And so, uh, uh, nice to just, you know, have different people trying to learn the same language. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's one thing you can, and uh, you can as well learn to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The language, uh, cafe format sounds really fun. I I visited it once, but it was in Austria, not in Estonia. And how is it built? Like how, how does it look like when somebody comes and you said there's 10 people, do you put them like two people in different tables or all 10 are sitting uh, behind one table and then just chatting about random things or there's some different, uh, different format. Last time it was, uh, kind of, she was kind of the start of the, the the cafe this year, let's say, then mm-hmm. they were uh, everybody uh, on the same table and then they talk, but then sometimes uh, we have a special uh, teacher, let's say, or a guide who, who leads these uh, cafes and then, and she decides on what the uh, format is. Sometimes it's sitting here in smaller groups and then they give topics or she asks questions and everybody discusses and so on and so forth. So yeah, different. Mm-hmm. Okay. Format. But the idea is for it to be free and not like, you know, very structured. It's just uh, how, however it goes with the conversation. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned everything is for free. And, uh, I, uh, think some might wonder <laughs> how, how come is it free? What is the goal of the, um, this organization or why is Estonia making it all so, so, uh, so good. <laughs> Well, uh, I know there's many ways to answer that question. Uh, I guess uh, to summarize in a nutshell, like uh, globally, there's a lot of uh, competition for talent and specialists. So uh, Estonia is uh, also competing. Uh, there are more startups and companies bopping up here. And then uh, Estonia is a small country and also doesn't have all the uh, specialists that it needs to you know, cover those uh, jobs. So the idea is kind of behind that. Uh, the easier, nicer, uh, and, uh, better, let's say we make it for companies to hire internationals and also in that sense for internationals to move in and, and, uh, settle in Estonia, then the easier and faster and the better will, you know, uh, be for the companies and then the companies can do the job, they can grow and then it means more income revenue for, uh, for Estonia as well. So that's the idea and, uh, our organization. So they work in Estonia program and they're actually in a house. It's inside the foreign direct investment unit at, uh, at one government organization. So, uh, the more human capital you attract, then the more easy it becomes to attract foreign direct investments. Oh, okay. That sounds yeah. logical. 
and good. Yeah. Makes so... sense. Yeah, of course, there's like many different things, but um, <laughs> definitely uh, there's different models, and and, uh, and the thing is that uh, we try to keep uh, using set can say already system services from the from the country, uh, not to create also like kind of a, a burden uh, on the taxpayers, but uh, for example, the governments uh, organizations such as Tibet City Tax and Custom Boards. Uh, unemployment insurance fund, the police and border guard and the integration foundation, we lent their, um, officials and those are the ones who come here. So mm. they are experts in the field, but, uh, they are also in the international house and then what, what, what being here, then they become experts on foreigners and mm. their fields, and then they share information and that's how also like, uh, we are using or reusing the, the, the same, but, uh, packaging and making it in and to special product or service for internationals mm-hmm. uh, that's how we how we do it okay so. that's how we roll okay <laughs> <laughs> that's how we do it and you've been doing it for three years uh, you said that uh, it's running so how okay. many people have you met throughout those three years how many people have you met yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or helped like your that. organization well uh so approximately helped, uh, yeah <laughs> Uh, we have had between emails, phones, and uh, booked appointments and so on, that close to 15,000 uh, people helped uh, during those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, about one third of them are the ones that actually come at to an individual appointment. Mm-hmm. And I have been doing, well, I have been a part of the Working Center program for these five years, but only uh, managing it uh, approximately like seven or eight. Uh, months okay so quite uh, recent but uh, yeah and uh, it's great because you know, get to meet other partners uh, come here uh, people from Mexico from all over the world uh, you get to discuss with partners uh, and get to have an impact see if someone comes with which question an issue and then they go away and then they have their issues so far they got a, a new phone number an actual answer to the question Mm-hmm. And you know, you know that you have made that person's life uh, a bit easier or something. So that's also one, one thing that I like. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know, talking to these different government officials on how to make the the, the city a better place for internationals, uh, also quite uh, quite rewarding in that sense. Um, met countless of interesting people, companies, and uh, discussing uh, friends. So it's a uh, it's a cool place. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so nice to hear that how much you enjoy it and how much you can gain from it and how in in how big of an international um bubble or international environment you can be while living in Estonia while living in Tallinn and we tried to break a bit that bubble because yes we realized at the beginning that uh you know uh some internationals are only with internationals right mm-hmm. uh, uh, and then they, they, they don't uh, experience the whole like Estonian. And then, then, you know, you ask, do you have an Estonian friends and they say, oh, well, not really. So, uh, also uh, a bit within some of the events that we try to do, for example, there's uh, one they call meet and greet, and we also open this uh, group counselings. And then the meet and greet, uh, also is uh, to get the international stuff to, to each other, but something we have invited, uh, some, uh, locals, so they can, uh, also, uh, you know, talk to, to them and. And not uh, live in that uh, in that bubble, uh, let's say. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I remember when I've been living abroad and one of the hardest thing or uh, where I had to be super persistent, persistent was to like how to find friends among local, local people. And it's so nice when you help with that as well. Keep your input. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And now, um, so your days when you work full time in an organization that is so international, then how does your, um, how do you balance that outside of work? What do you do outside of work? Do you have any, Estonia, any hobbies that you've started in Estonia? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, right now, I guess my hobby is my two year old and uh, four month. <laughs> and so, uh, that's uh, what takes most, uh, but, uh, we, we try to, for example, I like to go running. I like to, uh, sometimes, uh, I've done a couple of things that the bike to work, but I live a bit outside the city. So that's like an hour of, of biking, well, mm -hmm. uh, walking, um, uh, with the, well, this, this winter has been a lot of, uh, snow shovelings <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad like, uh, my kid also likes it, but, uh, getting together with, with friends, uh, I like uh, to hang out, uh, with, uh, with them and, um, yeah, before I used to play squash and I don't know, like try to keep a bit, like always like a balance between the, uh, kind of, uh, the, the work and then the, uh, physical activity. So, because yeah, many times just at sitting or, uh, in different meetings and so on. So I try to move out, uh, a bit after, after work. Mm -hmm. That's nice. And, um. You mentioned that your wife is Estonian, but how easy has it been to meet locals for you outside of work and to make friends here? Um, I think, uh, quite okay. Let's say, or yeah, um, I guess I have the disadvantages like of both, uh, and living this in this both worlds, right. And, mm -hmm. uh, when I was, when I came first to Estonia, uh, it actually turned out that I was accepted here, but also my, uh, uh, then girlfriend was accepted somewhere abroad. So yeah. when I arrived and she left and then <laughs> oh, no. that was for like a half a year or a bit over, but it was good in the sense that then I had to make my own friends and uh, mm -hmm. find my own way and, and, uh, kind of do all those things uh, alone. And, and that gave me my base of friends, which after two years, most of the base also left because, you know, most of the people are like only for a year uh, or two, like studying and then they go, mm -hmm. uh, but then I found the job and then, uh, yeah, by little, by little, like, uh, I've had doing these five years in enterprise Estonia, for example, I have, uh, this position where I have to talk to a lot of people and by talking to a lot of people, then I get many acquaintances and, and, and so on and so forth. So. So in that way, that's how I kind of made the, the friends and by looking in the foreigners, for example, we have a small Mexican community with, uh, with them and, uh, this, uh, coffee, like an Italian music week and participating in the events, going to play squash mm -hmm. and, and uh, so on and so forth. So like, uh, yeah, kind of, I, and meet, uh, quite some people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, um. What would be your seeing so many foreigners moving to Estonia and helping them to make their life more comfortable here? What would be your tips and advice for people who are thinking about moving to Estonia? <clears throat> Don't think any longer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
No, but uh, seriously speaking, uh, it's it's quite a good place to to be. Uh, experiencing myself, it's a good way to have an impact and and grow the career because let's say trying something similar in Mexico, it's just way so much people, more competition that it would take you longer time to achieve kind of a higher position. In, in yeah. that uh, so it's a, uh, it's a kind of very horizontal hierarchy. So, uh, working uh, wise kids, it doesn't matter if you're the new guy or, or the other, if you are young or, or not, then it's, it's about, uh, your ideas and, uh, and make the person, you know, like, so you have good ideas and they look like, but, uh, if you want to make it easier, definitely visit the working Estonia site. We have tried to put most of the information there. If you have any questions, then don't hesitate to ask. That's why uh, these sort of programs are here. And uh, I guess that would be kind of covered it. Uh, I think so, you know, when you ask, then you get the answers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Uh, good. And the mentioning the, that the horizontal hierarchy, I haven't heard that before and from our guests, and that's pretty interesting. So, yeah, that's not only actually for me. That's uh, we have like many, like many also um, uh, kind of interviews and uh, studies, and that's uh, one place of the intention that uh, you know you can grow. You know, you start as junior and one or two years later you're already at the next position level uh, because it's uh, very fast growing pace uh, within the companies. So, but that's a good thing. It's a very safe environment. I was like to say that it is so safe that you don't even have to worry about drowning in the sea because you know the water level it's up onto your ankles for like <laughs> hundreds of meters you walk and then <laughs> there are no waves like it's really that's one of the other difference between Mexican sea and <laughs> Estonian sea. So it's that's funny. Nice, nice cool place and especially if you like the nature, don't like traffic, then. Uh, place to be mm -hmm. mm. such a nice uh, way to to start wrapping up the episode actually would you like to add something else before we wrap up the english episode and then talk in estonian as well um oh, i mean i think i think i pretty much covered like uh all of it <laughs> from how i can hear the differences are and and what my job is mm -hmm. but um yeah, no, I think I would just like to say that during the, this year is going to be my 10th exactly. So in, in August, I think it's going to be the 10th year. Hope to make a celebration. But uh, I, I would say maybe one of the things that um, not a lot of people do, but at least I don't hear them say about it, is that uh, sometimes when you stop and think about it as a foreigner living abroad anywhere, that like, you know, you realize that, you know, you're a foreigner, you're, uh, so many kilometers away from home already 10 years, uh, with, uh, speaking another language, when you think about it, really start to think about it, it's quite an interesting and, and cool experience. And, uh, so if you have the opportunity to try it out, then I would encourage to do it. Hmm. How would you, how do you plan to celebrate it? I was thinking of doing a big, big party. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Like, uh, with the uh, salsa dancing and uh, some tequila, some corona. <laughs> Not the bad one, but the beer one. <laughs> good, uh, good that you said that number. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so we'll see. Let me see. Yeah. And I heard, I was Googling about uh, Mexico and about your home region and I saw that uh, mariachi music is really popular there. So. Yeah, definitely. Well, mariachi is a popular and uh, place where I'm coming from. There's like a little town, maybe 40 minutes from my city, just called Tequila. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, that's where, that's where Tequila is from. And whenever somebody comes over, I've had a couple of Estonians visit and they uh, we take them to the, to the city of Tequila and <laughs> visit the Tequila factories and uh, yeah, uh -huh. how about anything? <laughs> Wow, I didn't know that there's a city called Tequila. <laughs> yeah, and it's a, it's a small town, and of course you can imagine it's a very popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good name they picked. Or did the tequila came from there, or they picked it after when tequila was famous already? <laughs> Actually, you know, like, well, the very, very first tequila, it came from a very even smaller town and close to this tequila town, but then tequila later on developed as the place where it was being produced and built, and then it went international, and then that's how it the tequila like little town became famous but it's it's really like a town like a you know small town uh, some like tequila shops and some factories and uh some agave which is a plant uh, and cactus like thingy where uh where tequila comes from mm -hmm. uh, where it's made of so uh yeah very nice like tiny uh couple streets and and whatnot but if you have time i would definitely recommend Cool. I would yeah. love to visit it. <laughs> so now we um, got a small like, glimpse into the tequila city as well. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was really nice talking with you about your work, about the uh, tequila city, about um, things you've uh, experienced in Estonia. And um, I'm looking forward to talking to you even more in Estonian, especially about how did you learn Estonian in general. And for all the listeners, I hope to see you in the Estonian episode as well. And also, if not, then go to foundinestonia.ee, join our monthly newsletter, and then find International House of Estonia also in their Facebook, on their website, and you can reach out to them to ask any specific questions that you have about Estonia. And see you next time. Bye.